Hi friends, Rich here and welcome to the Youth Ministry Conversation. It's great you've decided to take some time out to join us for this session. We hope this will be a space where you can take a few minutes to listen, learn and reflect. In this episode, we're welcoming Coase from Racism and the Church and hearing his thoughts on how we can be engaging with young people around the topic of race, injustice and inclusion. This was taken from our last online gathering of the Youth Ministry Conversation. So make yourself comfy and let's listen to what he had to say. Great. Thanks, thanks very much. And thanks for, for being here, everybody. It's, uh, it's a privilege to talk about uh, such issues that are, you know, they're, they're passions of mine. And, but I also believe that they're part and parcel of this whole kingdom thing that we're all part of and exploring. And I guess there's a real tension around some of that, particularly, um, you know, over these last few years where it's been a bit more uh, apparent in our culture and our conversations. And I guess tonight, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I was looking through the little kind of blurb um, about what you guys do and what the conversation is. And it's, it's around listening, learning and reflecting, um, but also finding, you know, practical ways forward. So clearly we're not going to cover everything this evening. Uh, because if we could solve it all this evening, that would be an amazing thing. But uh, we are going to host a conversation and we are going to carry on that conversation. And, you know, there's there's enough of us here to have a conversation and there'll be plenty of time to kind of have uh, question and answers, which I think often is the gold in these kind of like circumstances. So I'm going to run through some thoughts and then we'll get to those those things a bit later on. But thanks for filling in the survey. I'm really thankful for that because that's part of an ongoing response that um, we in racism in the church, which is just, you know, a couple of people getting together because we feel passionate about a subject. Um, that really helps us in our ongoing engagement. And that ongoing engagement is around trying to improve general engagement around these sort of issues. And particularly, you know, for me in Bristol, Bristol's been on the map um, culturally in the news over these last kind of couple of years. And I guess the question that I ask myself within that <clears throat> is actually, what, what does that mean? What does that mean for a church that's in a city that has tensions and struggles? You know, what, what does that mean for a church to be active in that? And I think I wholeheartedly believe that actually the church should be engaging in such issues. And one little kind of phrase, uh, that, that kind of guides me in that is I don't just want to be fighting against something. I want to be fighting for something. And I think in terms of like our experience in, in church, we know that there's a, there's a picture painted in Genesis. There's a picture painted in Revelation and right through the middle of, you know, scripture and, and Bible, there are clues to the idea of like this idea of diversity in the church. Um, and also, you know, right in, right in the middle of that, we all sit an equal distance from the cross. So I think there's some things to kind of unpack and some questions to ask as we kind of work through some of that stuff. And tonight, you know, uh, I'm going to try and be a bit practical. I'm going to try and cram in as much as possible so that if one thing sticks, that's great. If you get more than that, that's an absolute bonus. But, but in this kind of like first little section, I kind of want to make a few observations 
And those observations are, are our environments a place of safety? Are they a place of strategy? And are they a place of service? And there's no judgment in here. <laughs> We're all kind of working on this stuff. So first of all, a place of safety. Like this May 2020, we arrived at a milestone of two years since George Floyd. And that's two years since black squares were posted on Instagram. That's two years since pretty much every church I could spot kind of made a statement. And the question I often ask myself is like, well, what's the difference between a statement and a response? Like a statement can be this thing that, you know, people put out and we see in our culture, you know, people issuing statements all the time. But for me, there's, there's probably like some differences between a statement and a response. For me, a, a response has, you know, a sense of delivery. It has a sense of change. It has a sense of movement about it. <clears throat> Whereas a statement kind of just sits there. And I think in, in the conversations that I've had with individuals, um, in the conversations that I've had with uh, other kind of diversity trainers, people are fatigued. People are fatigued because actually there's been not much movement. Um, I think, you know, there was a kind of, you know, an, an initial response that included a lot of people giving stories and I'm not against giving stories, but after two years of just telling your story and telling your story over and over again, you can get a bit tired of that. Um, I was talking with <clears throat> uh, a friend who's does a theological course, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is kind of heading that up. And we're talking today around kind of trying to make some plans about how to, how to move that forward and how to kind of change some of those uh to broaden if you will some of those perspectives on theologies and look at issues around inclusion and justice as, as part of our theological study but at the same time you know there's the underground practicalness of the churches that we're in and the structures that we have and that's for me where i i continually ask this question is it a statement which is just some nice words or is there an ongoing response and i think one of the kind of characteristics or some of the few characteristics around that are where's the accountability where's the transparency where's the kind of representation and i know you know some of that stuff takes time but i think when i say is it a place of safety in my heart i want churches to be super inclusive i want churches to be places where people know that they can come. And I think the challenge of two years on, or coming up to two years on, is that there's a lack of confidence and kind of that feeling of safety can degrade over time. So that's the question I'm asking. And like, again, there's no judgment in any of this. It's like, are our environments, and particularly obviously for yourselves, is your youth group, does it feel like a safe place for people to talk about racism. So that's thing one. Thing two is like, is it a place of strategy? Well, again, we've had these kind of like statements, but a response is probably, uh, 
something that needs a bit more detail and a bit more kind of granularity. Um, again, one of my little kind of phrases, little, little monikers is change doesn't take time. It takes commitment. And what I mean by that is actually the rollout of that is what we often kind of reference as, you know, the success or failure, quote unquote. But actually the very first up, you know, part of that, the very first step of that is about commitment and we commit to what we want to see happen. And we give, you know, blood, sweat and tears into that kind of like space. But again, people can feel a bit fatigued by that because there has been, you know, essentially a lack of progress. Um, and I wonder within that kind of space where, you know, I'm not against book lists and stuff like that, but I, I wonder if there's a natural kind of progression from your head to your heart, from your heart to your hands, where there's that movement into action. There's a movement into kind of like delivery. And I wonder, do we need more strategy? Do we need more intentionality to fill some of that empty space? And I often think about like computers. I love tech. I'm really into computers. But like you have an operating system which does some things and some of those things it does well. And sometimes within that there are bugs. But you need to kind of upgrade and keep those things up, that operating system up to date. And that it changes some of those things. And I appreciate that you can't do everything you can do something and that something then becomes the foundation for the next step and so on and so forth so are our places are places of strategy uh, and again there are issues around that in terms of making that strategy public or being accountable and transparent about that um, there's lots of great examples of organizations certainly in bristol but um i don't know for yourselves but um, check out places like Shelter and The Watershed, who've kind of made kind of very public announcements about what they've done, but also what they haven't done. And there's that public accountability and public transparency that I think is a really helpful thing uh, alongside with strategy. Uh, and the third thing in that is like uh, places of service. Um, excuse me a second. Um, two years ago, um, as part of uh, our church's response, I was asked to come in on like a, you know, and we were doing the whole online thing because it was, you know, lockdown and all that sort of business, um, which is good because you're all here. <laughs> um, but we were doing that thing. And one of the stories that came in from one of the young people was that they were telling a story about how their, they and their mum were receiving racist abuse. And I actually got quite upset by that. And I kind of lost it in the middle of this online thing that maybe a few people watching, I don't know. Um, and I, I explained that by saying this, in the literal kind of like decades since I was a teenager, what's changed? And I felt a sadness about the reality that another generation has to deal with the kind of stuff that I had to deal with as a teenager. 
And I guess that made me think, it made me think two things. One, I felt inherently a responsibility for being part of a generation that maybe could have done better and maybe could have worked a bit harder and taken a few hits along the way and made those sacrifices and choices. But it also made me commit to this whole kind of onward journey about that. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I'm involved with and thinking about it pretty much every day, several times a day. And I guess that's hard work. I want to acknowledge that it is. But for us, we are people who recognize and understand the idea of service and sacrifice that's in our bones and in our DNA. <clears throat> and it's not, it's not, hear me out on this. I'm, no one's trying to guilt anybody in this. But like when I think about that, my experience as a teenager, and then I hear a story, you know, in these recent years of another teenager experiencing such things, it's not good enough. So I want to commit to working harder. I want to commit to a place of service and serving the people that are in my community. Um, and we know through youth work that it is often kind of like slow burners and it takes time. But at the same time, I just want to kind of like point out that, you know, I was in a meeting the other day with somebody that used to be in my youth group uh, and they were running the meeting and it, it, it made me realize like, you know, this is like a good, I don't know, maybe like 15 years on. I'm so proud of that person. Um, and I'm so proud of what I believe to be leadership that was kind of there in some shape or form when they were a teenager, but it needed encouragement and it needed people to support them in that. So in our kind of places, uh, in our contacts, in our youth groups, in our churches, how can we re-engage with a commitment to serve young people and to create, you know, safe spaces uh, for them, but also to help develop uh, and challenge and support them in the things that they're passionate about, be that, you know, issues of racial injustice, be that issues around climate change. How can we serve um, our young people not because they're quote unquote young, but actually there's a leadership kind of like trajectory that God's kind of playing out that we're all part of. And if we do that well, actually, actually maybe that turns the culture, turns this tide where we're maybe actually we recognize that we're all part of this kind of relay race. And that relay race requires us not to just run, you know, our, our own little part, but run a little bit further to help pick up stuff from people, but also run a little bit further to help pass that on to the next generation and so on and so forth. So that's the kind of like three little things that I want to talk about, like, you know, in a sense, that's a place of safeties, are they places of strategy and are they places of service? Um, 
we mentioned racing in the church earlier on, and uh, essentially that's a group of people who want to chase diversity, but also challenge racism. We're about to launch uh, later on this month um, something that we're calling the Charter of Change, which is based around four principles. Uh, and those four principles are really just a kind of reference point for churches uh, to look at where they are. Um, we want to ask um, people to engage in a, in a way that isn't judgmental. We're not about policing people, but we do want to encourage more engagement. You know, we seek to help congregations, churches understand the challenges around racism, um, but also kind of encourage them into kind of delivery and action. And I'm just going to mention really quickly uh, about this, uh, about the charter, just in case that's of interest to you. Um, and it's based around four principles. So that's committed to Christ in terms of actually we want to challenge racism in our society uh, in our churches and as individuals. Uh, we want to be committed to the conversation and that's really about relationships and honoring people and continually creating spaces for listening and honest dialogue. Um, and it's about also the ongoing kind of education and bridging into those knowledge gaps um, so that we can advocate and stand up and speak against such things together. Uh, the third thing is about being committed to action and better representation. We know that actually you know, the delivery of such things takes time, but we want to be committed to those things and we want to seek better representation that isn't tokenism, but it's on a trajectory towards better diversity. And then the fourth thing is about being committed to accountability and transparency. And that's around clear goals for diversity and inclusion, some practical action, developing short-term, medium-term, long-term plans, um, and even being transparent about having clear routes for kind of escalation and reporting, which are helpful things for kind of creating some of those safe and secure kind of like spaces. Um, and again, as part of that, what we're looking to launch at the end of this month, hopefully, is like a really practical kind of like 10 steps that you can look at or reference in terms of a little checklist. Uh, and they include things like developing a clear strategy, um, establishing clear diversity leads, uh, better reporting, uh, recording data, creating clarity and safety, and all that sort of thing. So that, that kind of stuff's um, of interest to you, then you can find us or contact us or sign up to the mailing list that's off racesandmanichips.co.uk. And the survey that you kind of filled in at the beginning is the start. So we're going to then open that out to other uh, youth groups and uh, youth leaders. And essentially, it's those kind of actions where we're looking to kind of support people who want to challenge and advocate in your kind of home communities, in your home churches, by providing you with kind of, you know, resources or data that we're collecting on a wide basis that help fill in kind of that, what I would call the anecdotal and the analytical spaces um, in terms of providing evidence and support around challenging some of those issues. Uh, so hopefully that's stuff that you might be interested in. And again, yeah, just go to racismandchurch.co.uk. Well, thanks for that, Kos. There were so many nuggets of wisdom in this episode that I think I might have to rewind and re-listen to it all over again. But one of those nuggets that stood out to me was that change doesn't take time it takes commitment. Friends, 
How are we going to be committed to making sure our settings are the best place for young people from all backgrounds to hear the good news of Jesus? Well, that's it for this episode of the Youth Ministry Conversation. We hope it's been helpful and we look forward to engaging with you again at one of our next gatherings or online at wearemovement.net. But for now, take care and have a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm.